This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Hey guys, we're in the final stretch. Only two weeks until my book, Life of the Party, comes out. So if you have not, please do me a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy me at all, go to BurtBurtBurt.com and pre-order your copy of Life of the Party. It comes out May 27th. There will be an audio book form, but as you know, the pre-orders determine how well a book does overall. So please do me a favor right now. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. As always, Trip Flip every Wednesday night on Travel Channel at 9 p.m. Up and coming podcast, Al Madrigal, Doug Stanhope. I'm still on tour, everybody. Irvine, Philly, Des Moines, Dayton, Phoenix. Today's guest, journalist, writer, photographer, and psychedelic explorer, Amber Lyon. This is the Birdcast. I know people are like, I, look, the levels look good. It sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a sound engineer in here to do this for me. I did the last ones and I took my shit. Okay, let's see. Boat talk. Mike test when this to you. It, it's working. I don't give a shit. All right. <laughs> I, I took I took those podcasts I was telling you about to Travel Channel, and I brought them down to like the main board op, like the dude that runs everything. Yeah. And I was like, these have a hiss in them, and he was like, he was like, oh okay. I was like, can you take that out? And he's like, it's gonna take like like eight hours. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, I don't leave until tomorrow. <laughs> But the poor guy was like, yeah. So, so just talking to the mic like you're like, uh, like Anita okay, Franklin. This, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I talked about you that whole day at Travel Channel. I literally picked everyone's brain. Everyone like pulled up. In the man cave, everybody, Amber Lyons. Is it Lyons with an S? Uh, no S. Just I, lion, like the animal, but Amber with a Y, lion. not an I. <laughs> One of the more fascinating human beings I've come across via podcasting, I would say. Uh-huh. You're one of those people that. I, I bet me telling the story about you is probably 10 times better than the story about you. Yeah, but I'm not going to allow anyone to take it away from me. <laughs> like, I love, I like, there are buzzwords that, like, when you tell my biography, like, there's buzzwords you're like, no, he's in the band Creed or whatever. That, but that's not the, exactly how it happened, but that is what you would say. Yeah. When you talk about the movie that was about his life. Oh, okay. 
one of the buzzwords I say about you is held at gunpoint. That is yeah. something that I can that like literally is has to be my first stopping point. Mm-hmm. Having traveled a lot, my own self. And for those of you that don't know, then you need to just go back and listen to Rogan's podcast with Amber, like in 2012, and you can listen to Duncan with her. But Amber is a award-winning journalist, was at CNN, mm-hmm. and was covering the Arab Spring in Bahrain. Now, right there, I have to stop and go, I don't have those balls. Really? Not at all. Not at all. I, w- I went up into a favela in uh, Rio with, like, with my crew, and I had security with me. And I, I'm, I'm a 41-year-old man who could probably fend for himself somewhat, and I was terrified. Yeah, I mean, you just never know what's going to happen I, in many cities in the U.S., but especially in some of these countries. Especially it's, in Bahrain, being a yeah. blonde, attract like you look like a swimsuit model. I, I kind of stood out a little bit there, a little bit. But it, at the end of the day, it became to my advantage. But um, because when we were you're almost captured, like Superman because they're like, I've never seen one up close. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because when my crew and I were captured, I think some of the um, uh, security forces who'd taken us were so kind of shocked by my presence there that they didn't end up really searching me. And so I was able to sneak our video out. So, in your... So- my blonde hair worked to my favor. And you stuck the, the chips out in your bra. Yeah. Which is crazy because I guess, I guess theoretically you say if they are going into my bra, then I guess shit's – I guess they're not really looking for the video anymore anyway and I'm kind of fucked. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I figured because the country is very conservative, I figured that's the one place they might yeah. not look at. I mean they searched our bags. They erased all the other video that they found and that was the one place they just – it was hands off for them. So now at what point – and I say this – uh, and I, and like and by the way, the majority of this interview is going to be done via my experiences traveling abroad with a crew as well, okay. and my experiences partying. So right. like so like <laughs> like you did everything I do, but grown up. Yeah. So like I go around the world and I travel around the world with a crew, and we always have fixers when we're in scary places. Like uh, we were in Costa Rica, we have fixers, but it's more like uh, just to make sure that we don't get slowed down. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you realize this? Well, this isn't. This isn't what was on the itinerary. Uh, the second we got in town and realized all the journalists had left, <laughs> and we were one of the only crews in the world left in the country, and and then also uh, the Saudis had uh, brought their troops into the country as well. So when you were just driving around the streets, you'd see tanks and masked men uh, with these black ski masks on all over the place. It just was this really creepy feeling. And at that point, I, I realized somehow we'd gotten into the country between the the shift of power where the Saudis were coming into power. And so they didn't realize, they forgot we kind of were there because normally they attach government minders. I don't know if you've ever had that when you've traveled. Never. But they're like babysitters. They they literally follow you around everywhere you go and they control what you can see. And uh, And somehow we were able to get past them and we didn't have any attached to us because I think they were shifting who was in power. So you're literally like, you're like that, that robbery video that you, or the robbery movie where like the guards are shifting and that's when you guys slide into the stadium. Yeah, and we didn't even mean to. It's just like fate. Really? We just happened to arrive like the day that I guess the power changes were happening and, and we were under the radar. Now, what is it, what is it in you that makes you want to be, what, 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 like, I, I'm trying to think like, I can track back and from having written a book and everyone, you can buy it at burtburtburt.com or at Barnes & Noble. Um, for having <laughs> writing a book, I kind of nice did a little... <laughs> I'm done plugging after May 27th, everybody. 
<laughs> um, but have you know, I, I kind of did a little bit of like investigative research in myself about mm-hmm. what brought. Why do I drink? Why do I party? Why? What? Why am I loud? And I realized it's all based on um, social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I when I, especially when I got to first grade, I didn't know how to make friends. I still somewhat don't really know how to make friends. What is it in you? Because very few people would take a job like that or even care. Like, what is it that, what happened to you as a child that made you go, I want to be taken seriously. I want to get in, I want to get in harm's way. I want to get the shit out there that maybe 5% of the population is talking about. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's it's interesting because our childhood traumas end up shaping our whole lives. And that could be why you have social anxiety. Maybe you had some type of a trauma. Uh, for me, I my parents had a pretty um, rough divorce at a very young age. So I learned you? right away to not trust authority. How old were you? Because I would see them fighting like kids and I became the grown up. And Wait, so, how old were you? Oh, how old was I? Yeah. I, I thought you were saying how real. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I was uh, four. Oh, so shit. yeah, it was a young age. And so at that point I, I realized I would just thought of adults. Like I just started not trusting them. And then that led, uh, into my teenage years and then also into my journalism because then I kind of had that mistrust of authority and, and oftentimes I was, uh, rightly so to have that. So what kind so, of music were you listening to in high school? Uh, alternative music. Like give me a band that like defined you. <laughs> Well, in high school, I, I'd listen to a lot of um, Green Day. I, I mean, okay. all that. Oh, like, you're young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> I guess that was the voice of rebellion. Yeah, you know. Um, and <laughs> the Green Day's a good band. I can't shit on Green Day. Yeah. They were genuinely punk. They just had like this Kmart appeal that when you were older, like I grew up listening to like Susie and the Banshees and the Smiths and like and like yeah, the Pixies. Sure. But uh, but I had that rebellion. So like in college. Did you smoke weed in college? I, I did occasionally, but yeah. I didn't function well on it. So, And I'd always kind of just saw it like marijuana. It's funny because I have my marijuana license now that I'm older. But I thought at the time that it just was uh, one of those things that just kind of not for me, kind of made me just down. There's and a lot of people that look at I it like it's not, the- for, it's not for them. My wife gets sick on it. I don't think it's really for me per se unless it's like, it's like all right, fuck it. We're calling it a day. Yeah, like, you know, like there's no. I'm not like Joe, where I'm like I'm gonna take a few hits and then go to jujitsu practice. Like I I'm, love the edibles. Like I, I just eat. Uh, there's these things called bang bars, and I just eat like a little piece before bed, and you get the most soothing sleep, and it just it just kind of knocks you out and and helps you relax. And okay, so on paper you do not come off as that person. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, like on well, paper. Well, a year and a half ago, I wasn't really, you know. I, I want to I talk about that. I want to timing this freaking New York Post interview so we did, We definitely have like 35 minutes before he calls. Perfect. Okay, I want to – I'm. your interest in travel, mm-hmm. do you have a genuine – I mean, everyone that doesn't know, you packed up your shit and you traveled the world by yourself. Yeah. What? Where does that come from? Like, do you ha- – when you were a child, were you the kind of person like some boys would look at pictures of girls in Vogue and get depressed and go, God, I just want a hot chick and have a longing for a hot chick. That boy was me. Now, like, what was your, did you have a, where did you grow up? In St. Louis, Missouri. So oh, in the middle of the yeah. country. <laughs> yeah. You don't get better than that. <laughs> and I wanted to get the hell out since I was four years old. Like, really? I, I literally would pack my suitcase and I'd go to the top of my street and I'd just like wait for someone to come pick me up and take me out of the Midwest. Uh, I always knew I just wanted to travel. Like it just, I was born that way. 
And even now, like I've, I've trouble staying stagnant for too long. Like I just want to, I'm like, okay, you know, it's been a month. <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Time to get out. I was skateboarding home last night. Like I, I was skateboarding somewhere and I was skateboarding home and I was thinking about the two of you. So I know you came to, or, and, or, I'm pointing to Kieran, uh, Amber's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what do they talk about over wine? Like at night, because I was like, I was like, you know, she's a pretty fucking serious person, and I was like, and he's got to be a fairly globally serious dude to date a chick like that. It's like, what do they talk about? Yeah, he's crazy. He's very brave. What do you guys like? What do you guys talk about? Do you talk about politics over dinner, or about injustice, or about you know, like conspiracy theories, or like, or do you just go like? Yeah. Oh, you know they're bringing back Lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happened on Real Housewives of Orange County? You do not watch that. No, no way, right? It's funny. We were just talking yesterday. We don't even watch TV, really. Like just of everything web based. You, you know, of course you don't. Well, well, it's not a choice, but I, I think that I, I, yeah, for some reason, it's just because of the traveling. Like we were in jungles and stuff, and you kind of eventually I, we just phase TV out. But um, a lot of talk about medicines now. Really? Like that's kind of yeah. Our lives revolved around that. Um, as as a really hot date uh, last week, we got the the cambo frog uh, poison, <laughs> where <laughs> it's uh, they kind of cauterize your skin and they put this frog poison on you, and it's um, it's just an incredible hold, medicine. Hold the that... fucking phone! Are you shitting me? Hold on! God damn it! The New York Post calls right now. Okay, hold on. This okay. is gonna be perfect. This is perfect. This is a great. Hold on one second. Let's see if this is who it is. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Hey, it's Karen. Hey, I can't talk right now. I'm talking about what's it called? Uh, Cambo frog poison. Cambo frog poison. I'll call you back. Okay. Bye. Perfect. That's great. Okay. Wait. So you guys got wait. You got the poison injected in you. Um, so they don't, you can't inject it, but you cauterize your skin and you just put a little bit of the poison on your skin and it tricks your body into thinking it's being poisoned. So your blood pressure, all of a sudden your whole body heats up, your blood starts going, uh, you know, up into your neck, your lips swell, your face swells. And then, um, and then it feels like there's a trillion tiny frogs just jumping through your veins. And then all of a sudden, bam, you just throw up for like half an hour, like from the depths of your soul. And it pulls all the toxins out of your body. And because your body's been tricked into thinking it's been poisoned, you produce all these antibodies. So it's great, especially because antibiotics are becoming less and less effective. Yeah. And so a lot of people with like autoimmune disorders and um, people who just want to kind of use it as a vaccine like myself uh, are, are now taking it. It's starting to kind of spread around the country a little more. So we've been investigating all these natural medicines. So that, that that's like an average Saturday for us. Or Now we're headed to Northern California to meet therapists who are kind of... Using psychedelics underground no. uh, to treat people who are, you know, in need. Now, who of the two of you is the? Do you remember the? Remember the girl who uh, they lived in the bunker in 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 Arkansas, and they took DMT anally. Do you remember this girl? <laughs> um, I think that kind of went. That wasn't really. Was we're a, not reporting was, about that on the site. No, there was this girl <laughs> who, like, her name's Crystal something, and she like lived in this bunker, but it was clear like. Her boyfriend was the, and then he went to jail. Uh, he was. I remember that was a Vice documentary. Yes. It's like LSD Palace or something. Yes. Who he of was you, insane. Well, no, I know. I'm not saying. I'm not comparing you two <laughs> like, to those two. Who of us was like, but insane? Who's the guru that finds it and goes, "Oh my god!" Or are you guys back and forth? And I almost feel like I need to give Kieran a mic now because he like, but but like you know, you guys are partners. You know, you like yeah. me and my wife. It's more like. Oh my God, my wife will come to me like, there's a softball camp. And I'll be like, oh, we got to get into that. Like, that's our frog medicine. But like, do you find these things and you're like, 
run to Kieran and like, what do you think? A little back and forth. He he more so than me. He's a researching genius. So he yeah. just always figures out these places to go around the world and access these medicines. And he finds these little like mushroom islands that just filled with psilocybin mushrooms. So, wait, and- so, so when you do the frog stuff, do you trip at all? No, you don't. But You it just is- get physically ill. And then physically clean. ill, then you vomit, and then all of a sudden they use it before they go hunting in the Amazon. And so after you've had this like horrific vomit, all of a sudden your vision is crystal clear. You can hear really Shut well, up. and your thinking is very clear for the next like five days. You get insights like you wouldn't believe. And I thought, okay, I'm not actually hallucinating. This isn't really going to help you mentally, or you're not going to have that many insights. But no, it's a it's a complete opposite. By the way, it's, it's a incredible. badass tattoo. Just for the record, yeah. Like, that's a cool looking, like I thought you guys got tattoos, and I was like, "Oh, that's a badass tattoo." So it looks real, like real, like tribal in a organic way. Yeah, it's just my skin being burnt off, and it's still trying to grow so, back. Where do you find it? Like you go online, and you, I'm sure you find like a guy who's got some, mm-hmm. or do you go to like, do you go to like Van Nuys to this like displaced? Inca, who's sitting, who like, who like had, had a job, who was opening to play soccer, and now he's working at a Mexican restaurant because they think he's Mexican. They're, they're doing it, a lot of people in Venice Beach, and it's really weird because the medicines, now that I'm reporting on them, they just keep coming to me. It's almost like they're like, oh, she's going to report on us. We need to go find her because we want to get out, you know, that we're what, here. What have you said no to? Uh, I have not done a high dose of LSD, um, MDMA. I hate LSD. I, just the synth- synthetics, because you can't trust them now. That's the problem on the street, is is when you're getting these powdered substances, you don't know what it is. It might be methalone, or it might be MDMA. or So I just stick with the plant-based medicines. It's a good call. Yeah. Like, I'm, and by the way, I, I don't really ever talk about my... I don't... I, here's the thing. I'm, I'm saying this, by the way. If you're listening to this and you're a child, if you say you're 15 years old, and you look at me and you know that I was the party animal and I robbed a train <laughs> in Russia. And you're like, he's the party guy. I'm going to advice. I'm telling you, do not take the path Amber's taking simply because you hear us talking about it. Yeah. You ha- like, and, and I'm telling you, acid was the biggest mistake I ever made in my entire life. Like, I, and I will say that wholeheartedly. And I wonder sometimes if the anxiety, OCD I deal with and depression or whatever. And by the way, I say depression. Not like real depression, like grown-up depression. But like regular like run-of-the-mill depression on like a saturday where your brain's like this man in this bed is a piece of shit oh interesting okay so i I can help it's weird i've kind of shifting now even from journalist to like healer (laughs) yeah because i've sampled so many of these medicines so i can someone can tell me they're dealing with grief i'm like oh you should try this you should try that but um i think if i have to deal with grief i'm coming to you i I have never dealt with grief and i have not don't know how to and i I will definitely come to you oh yeah yeah. for sure like I'll, i'll i can kind of tell you based on people i've interviewed and stuff what what path they've taken that's worked but i think this set and setting is key like you don't want to do these medicines at a party (laughs) you need to do them at your house you need a sitter someone with you who's sober who can kind of watch over you so you can actually relax and then you need to be in a good mindset you don't want to be in a crazy place in your mind and then take one of these substances yeah and that's key and and the one thing i really love is ayahuasca because you're forced to be in a ceremonial setting while you take it, uh, you're you're sitting in a circle with a shaman. Stop! Healer. I want to talk to you about ayahuasca yes, entirely I, separately. I think that could help with your depression. Fuck you! There's <laughs> no way I'm not even flying to Peru. Okay, <laughs> if I'm going to Peru, I'm going to see. I'm going to see what's uh, Chichen Itzu. <laughs> yeah. Well, the science shows that long-term ayahuasca users they have increased serotonin receptors, which would mean you'd have increased serotonin levels, which is the chemical in your brain responsible for happiness. So I am, it's really. Do you funny. realize you're blowing my mind and everything we're talking about because I. Yeah. Re- I realized I went through a cleanse and I realized very quickly I am addicted to dopamine. 
I'm addicted to rewards. I'm addicted to just a little bit of like like dope. But basically, dope comes in many forms. Uh, A Diet Coke, uh, a a snack, a pretzel with lots of cheese on it. You know, like beer, wine, a cigar, like all those things. Uh I'm addicted to that. Um, and, and, and so I would love, I would love to have the balls. I'm going to tell you two stories. <laughs> the first time I ever took mushrooms was one of my most beautiful days of my life. I remember it wholeheartedly. I don't think I've ever had a bad time on mushrooms per se. Um, and I only say this because I'm not, I'm not going to lie about my past only to candy coat what I want you to believe is my brand. Mm-hmm. I will always tell you the truth about who I am. I'm telling that to the, not you, but the. It's I'm Nantuck- like, thank it's, you for always telling me the truth. It's, That's great. It's, well, I just, I just, it's Nantucky River uh, in in, ta- in yeah. Florida. We took very low dose of mushrooms and no nothing else because mm. we want. And my friends were like, "Don't get drunk. You want to be just feel the mushrooms." Very low dose, probably like two caps each, and we went tubing down the Isnatuckney. And I mean, it was like it was one of the coolest. Fucking most surreal. And then we got in cars and sober friends drove us back to Tallahassee. And it was raining and they just put Rain-X on the back of their hatchback. And we were watching the rain beat off the back. And it was like just a beautiful day. Every time I did it in college, I had a great time. And then there's one time I did it where I just was like, oh, I might be a little too old to be doing this. Like I can't tap out the way I did when I was in high college. And I I haven't done it since. But... There is a clarity the next day that you mm-hmm. feel like you do have. There, it is a little bit of a religious experience. And, and they use it as religion in Oaxaca. I went there to investigate the coranderas who are using the mushrooms. That's what they do. They give people that are going through stress or whatever, they just eat mushrooms. You know, and, and they do it their entire lives from like age six on. And it's pretty incredible. And the science shows, there's a study out of University of Southern Florida that shows that they actually lead to neurogenesis, which is the regrowth of brain cells. So how counterintuitive is that to the DEA scheduling? It's like a Schedule One substance, but it actually is regrowing your brain cells. Could you say that about alcohol? No. And uh, a study came out of Switzerland showing that uh, it also um, keeps people from absorbing negative thoughts. So they think it can also help with depression. And then numerous studies have shown it alleviates uh, anxiety, even for people who have terminal cancer diagnosis, so they know they're going to die. And it gets rid of that anxiety. So it's the most, one of the most profound substances for the mind, psilocybin, which is in these mushrooms. And I, I think it's just a human rights tragedy that people can't eat these when they need to. It's so hard to wrap your head around, though. Like I told my dad I was interviewing you, and I talked about your journalism at mm-hmm. CNN and all the stuff you've done. And then the second I leak over to psychedelics, my dad taps out. Yeah. My dad's like, nah, buddy. <laughs> and but my dad probably would benefit the most from it. My dad yeah. deals with a lot of anxiety and a lot of OCD, a lot of it. Like, but but he would. There's so many people that would just simply. Now my wife would never do it. My wife doesn't deal with anything really bad. Now have you ever had a have you ever had like a spillover from like one of your experiences where you're like, God damn it, I wish I hadn't done that or as much as that of I, that. I did, and that was when I was in Mexico. I was in. Uh, I wasn't the right set and setting. Like I had gotten some mushrooms from the mountains, and I brought them down to this beach town that had a really dark, heavy, like male surfer energy, and uh. and that energy carried over into the experience. And and for throughout most of the experience. I literally thought I was going to die, like someone was chasing after me, that, and I became this paranoid mess, and I realized at that point that these are substances and medicines that need to be taken very seriously and treated yeah. like they are. They're sacred, and you shouldn't just casually take them. Uh, it should be done with the correct mindset in the right setting, 
And, uh, and that taught me a really valuable lesson. Uh, and I, I, I refuse to just kind of casually take these ever since. Yeah, because you, you, you gotta, I mean, it, the whole mindset's the big thing because mm-hmm. walking into it, and it's like that with drinking. It's like that with anything, really. Like, if you get pissed off, if you're pissed off and you start drinking, you're just gonna get more pissed off. Like, I get on planes sometimes. I've been, I stopped drinking on flights very recently. I've been drinking on flights for like 20 some odd years. I just stopped drinking on flights. And, and what happened was, I noticed, my energy, just being on a plane with interacting with people was a lot de- different. And then I drank on one flight because it was bad turbulence. And I started getting pissy with the flight attendant. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I haven't been pissy in 11 flights. And now I'm pissy because, well, he did make me split a beer with somebody. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get my own beer. What are you doing? <laughs> but now, um, now, talk to me about ayahuasca because I'm always fascinated why is mine going so... Will you talk real quick? Testing. One, two, three? Yeah, we're both going fine. Okay, okay. good. I was like, wait, yeah. what, has mine been unplugged this whole no, time? Yours, yours, has been, yours has been plugged. We're both plugged. I, ayahuasca is one of the most fascinating medicines I've tried of all of them. Uh, it's because once you take it, you almost you enter this dreamlike state where you're guided by this intelligence. Almost. So wait, start me from the beginning. Because okay. here's, the, here's the thing I know about ayahuasca. It is literally a journey... It is a journey, like from beginning to end. You, how do you find the people that will then will that will get you ayahuasca? How do you find the village you go to? Is it all just online? It's all online, and and do your research, read reviews, research the shamans. Wait, there's name. like a Yelp. Uh, there is ayaadvisor.org that just started. Now we're seeing more and more places uh, pop up where you can really review these ayahuasca centers because. It's an unregulated industry, so people need to know that going down there. It's totally unregulated. <laughs> so, like, like that's my fear is that it is totally unregulated, and I trust them. Now, are these dudes? So, I'm going to ask questions, and you because these are the one things I need yeah. to know or I want to know. Yeah, for sure. And then you just tell me. So, so you get a flight to Peru. Mm-hmm. To Iquitos, usually. That's the main. It's just the ayahuasca hub. You know, it's funny because Iquitos is filled with just gringos in search of ayahuasca everywhere okay. you go so so literally you land and you go to a coffee shop the first morning and it's a bunch of people with like with like like f- notebooks and and like their computer out and you're like ayahuasca and they're like yeah yeah you do yeah, and you're like what group are you taking no we're going to two o'clock is it like that not even land the entire plane like you look around the plane and everyone's like what center are you going to what center are you going to i mean it's the only reason gringos are coming into that town because there's okay. not much else it has to offer so now are you looking at people sizing them up on the plane going like oh, this, this is an alcoholic that's crystal meth <laughs> like this is well, depression so you would think that but uh, a lot of people were there just to expand their consciousness and spirituality so there were some scientists doctors teachers uh, and i thought it would be that way i thought it would be just a, a bunch of addicts or or people in horrible mental states and it was a lot of intellectuals. It's it's really become like an intellectual type medicine. And uh, Kieran and I were on the same plane together. So it was, is that where you guys met? Yeah. Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Down right in now, right now, there are fucking twenty. 25 year olds going I'm going on a fucking trip to ayahuasca to like <laughs> ayahuasca's mingle <laughs> yeah I, I was the only chick down there at our center for a while so um, now you decide and I'm, I don't mean to cut you off but I, but I've, I know your story and I feel like some people do but I have tons of fucking questions about it so I apologize for sure keep going so, bring them on so you decide to do ayahuasca because of I was uh, suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, so I had just seen too much in my career, and I just hit a standpoint where it was like I was driving through life with seven inches of mud on the windshield, and I couldn't go forward, back, sideways. I just was stuck, 
and I knew I needed a way out and some more clarity and, um, and I didn't want to take prescription drugs. So next best thing is ayahuasca, actually the recommendation of, of Joe Rogan, who, uh, really introduced me to psychedelics. I, I can't thank him enough for it. Yeah. He's introduced me to them, but I've, I've taken a left turn. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to ayahuasca. I'll just, he was like, you should get into jujitsu then. I was like, wait, you get black eyes and break your teeth. I don't know about that. So, okay. So you get on the plane, you go in, you, you are, you, you are going to a center. You, I went to a retreat center, so I found one online. You can find, you can just look for ayahuasca retreats, Google it. Make sure to Google the shaman's name as well. Make sure they don't have any allegations against them. So I just, I get to the center and you go inside this giant yurt type hut. I know what a yurt is. I did it on trip foot. Yeah. We stayed in the yurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's yoga mats all over the yurt and then uh, buckets, huge buckets. And for then there's up. a bathroom with for like throwing up. To- yeah. For throwing up. I hate fucking throwing up. I hate throwing up. That is one of my biggest fears. It's a fear that ayahuasca will help you deal with. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> bet. I bet. I bet they're like, hey, if you think throwing up is bad, wait till the snake shows up. <laughs> yeah. And you'll throw up out of both ends, you know, <laughs> you in serious? front of everyone. Are you serious? Um, well, there is a, another thing I noticed that kind of freaked me out was that you also see a bathroom there on the side of the hut and there's just three toilets in a row. And, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going to happen once I drink this? But um, it's it's very cathartic. I'll just put it at that. So, so you get to the yurt, and you're and you get to like. Can I tell you this is and this is probably my hate body speaking. Uh-huh. And your hate body, by the way, is I call big brain. Okay. And just describe hate body real quick to anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, it's it's the part of your body that really seeks out pain and, and really tries to just ruin your life. <laughs> so it, it keeps you from being the best person you can be. And it's almost like this dark energy trapped inside you, often yeah. trauma from childhood. So it's it's often your your damaged childhood self uh, living out its it's life and demands for the rest of your life. Yeah, uh, my hate body's all over. So my hate body would be like, I don't like the group I'm in. Mm-hmm. And my hate body was like, I wish that girl from the cafe was in my group. Like, that's my yeah. hate body. My hate body would be like, on the plane, I would have seen Kieran. I'd be like, oh, I hope he's in my group. Like, if I'd been on your plane, I would have been like, I hope the hot chick and the dude with the cool accent are in my group. So that, <laughs> like, so that we could hang out or we all get the same shirts or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's my hate body. Yeah. So do you, are you excited about your group you're doing it with? Or are you part of you like, ugh. Oh, I was I was really excited. I got um, when I got off the plane, they wanted to put me in my own cabin in the middle of the jungle, way far away from the other cabins because they were all spread out. And I said, "Hell no, I'm a, I'm a, a girl on my own." So I found three guys, Kieran being one of them. And I said they were all staying together. And I said, "Guys, wait, who's tell Kieran you- with? Who are you with? All your boys?" He's fucking. What he just said is, "No, I'm a man." And, uh, and I <laughs> deal with shit the way a man should. That's what he just said. <laughs> he and said he so, was by himself. This isn't a bachelor party, is what he said. <laughs> at the airport, they just matched all the guys up. They're like, oh, you guys take a cabin together. It's a four-person cabin. There's three of you guys. We'll put you in there. And oh, you, you want your own since you're a woman. We'll put you way out in the middle of the jungle by yourself. Fuck that! I know, that's what, what I Jim said. Morrison? And I said, I'm sorry for your wives and girlfriends, but you're going to have to tell them, like, I'm sorry, I have to stay with you guys. I, now, I can't stay alone. Kieran, you find that... Easily the hottest chick on the ayahuasca journey is in your cabin. Are you excited? Just yes or no. Oh, fuck off, Kieran. Yeah, like you oh, wait a minute. You weren't excited. What's this Kieran, about? Well, because well, part of him What's is the hesitation. Part of him is, and I look at Kieran and he is, looks like he actually was on his own journey. And so he was like, he was like, in his head, he's like, look, part of the thing I'm probably fixing is the fact that I'm excited that the hot chicks in my thing, and I want to deal with Kieran and not what Kieran wants. I'm, I'm sure that's what you said. Well, that's what I was trying to that's, get to. Like, I, I went there to work on myself, and then 
what he said was, I wish we had given Kieran a mic now. God damn it. Yeah, we, we didn't, let's just put it this way. We didn't um, really start talking to one another uh, like on a romantic level till probably day five or six. After day five after really, you've seen each other's shit and vomit. Yeah, yeah. Then you kind of have a bond and you're like, okay, and anything. We're a team. You know? <laughs> we can totally buy a house together. <laughs> We've seen each other at our worst oh, you know, within five days. So it's like, whatever, bring it on. So, so. okay, so you, got, you get your cabin, you jump in with the boys, good call. Yeah. Um, are all the dudes attractive or just Kieran? Um, I mean, like, is it, is it like a bunch of studs, or is it like, is it like the Hangover? <laughs> no, it was a bunch of stuff. Like, a, like I said, a bunch of health conscious individuals, intellectuals. It was the complete opposite of what I thought I, w- I was going to be getting down there. I, I would know? think it would be a bunch of dudes with gray ponytails and like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, sacred geometry. Yes, and-, and so okay, so now you're in your cabin, and then they come in, and does like a guy come in and go, all right, drink it, and or is it like, is it like is there any speech? Is there any like orientation? So what happens is it starts pouring down rain. You put on your rain boots. A guard comes with like, he's this big shotgun and he walks you through the jungle at night to this giant ceremony, spooky looking house. Shut up. And then they're like, pick a mat. And based on where you pick your mat, you know, there's different energies in the room, like some oh, dark spirits that. are in the back. Um, this is me. <laughs> Ready? Wrong mat. Can I, ha- I tell you also another That's anxiety I was have? too. Yeah. <laughs> really? What, what, what's your other anxiety? My anxiety is, I don't like where I'm sitting. <laughs> oh, God. You'd be I don't screwed. like where I'm sitting. I'm in the room. I, I feel mat. like I'm going to have to hand, hand walk you down <laughs> to the jungle oh, and take care of you, Bert. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm already the back. <laughs> like, lines give me anxiety. <laughs> Get in line. I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck. You'd be the one because there were people in the room who are like, oh, this mat isn't good. And they'd switch to the next one. Oh, my God. That's like yoga class. That's why I don't go to yoga class anymore. (laughs) It's like, guys, we're here for a spiritual fucking exercise and everyone's fighting over position. And I didn't know position was that big of a deal until one of these healers from New Mexico told me that, oh, yeah, in the back of the room, that's where the dark spirits are and the good ones are in the front. And that's why I'm in the back to protect everyone. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, if I pick the wrong mat, am I going to have a bad experience? You know? Okay, so, so you guys are sitting on mats. You probably have the the dudes that you're in your group near you, hopefully. Yeah, Kieran was right next to me. And then we all four just were right next to each other to watch out for each other at the end to make sure we all made it back to the cabin. Yeah, so. okay. And so you, then I heard you have to take tobacco or something. Uh, they do. They, they smoke tobacco uh, and also sage and, and really to just... Sage, fuck yeah, cleanse that shit. Yeah, for yeah, sure. My and wife to sages the, the fuck out of me and, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Palo Santo wood. I don't know if you've ever smelled that. I love the smell of that. They use that as well to just call in the good spirits. and So there's a lot of smoke going on. And, and then the healers come in with the ayahuasca that they brew nice, right there. Nice, nice. And uh, and then you go up one by one, and you sit next to the healer and tell him how much you want. So you get to you get to really pick <laughs> at the place. I, I just went. want one hit. I don't yeah. want to. I don't look. We're not trying to see Jesus tonight. Okay. Yeah, I could see you doing that. You'd need to go to a more forceful shaman that was like, "You're gonna have to drink this whole thing." You Fuck know? no. I'd be like, I'd be like, listen, buddy. Here's the deal. I just want to like, I want to be able to enjoy fish again, yeah. like <laughs> like the band. <laughs> like, can you bring headsets? Well, okay, so that's a funny story because uh, the vomiting is so loud and violent that it gets distracting. And so one night, Kieran, I bet it does. Kieran decided. You just, by the way, you just pointed out a part of this ritual that I had not thought of. It's the fucking <laughs> that stand by me moment where the guy starts throwing up and everyone else starts throwing up. And sometimes in unison. 
It's just really strange. Sometimes in unison, everyone will be throwing up at the same time. That's a t-shirt. Ayahuasca. <laughs> Great trip, but the vomiting gets distracting. Well, so it's so funny because that night, so finally Kieran's like, I've had enough of this vomiting. I can't concentrate on my own journey, you know? So he brings in his iPod and he puts his hood on all sly, you know, and puts his iPod little ears in and he kind of tucks underneath his blanket and drinks his ayahuasca. And then all of a sudden he notices it's been maybe an hour and the trip hasn't started. And he's just thinking, okay, it should have started by now. So he goes and he takes his iPod bud ears out. And all of a sudden a little gremlin, gremlin pops up in front of him and says, are you going to take this seriously now? And then, bam, doors opened and he flooded into the trip. <laughs> but ayahuasca is something fuck. else. Like Mother ayahuasca is definitely like your grandmother. I mean, she's watchful. She doesn't want you wearing an iPod in, in a sacred ceremony. Fuck, there I go. You just tapped yeah. me out. <laughs> you can't have eye- well, Can you masturbate? Well, there are people in there having um, making orgasmic noises sometimes too. No, so like masturbate. Gets- like that is one that is one trick <laughs> to the trade that like that like I, I was told the first time we were tending drugs. Like, I was like, listen, if it's a bad trip, jack off. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, turn that around. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I hope no one was doing it, but people were making some really sexual like, noises sometimes. If everyone's too. shitting and vomiting in front of me, me jacking off, it's like, huh, that's <laughs> yeah, a breath, of, a breath of fresh air. I, I I mean, it wouldn't have been. There was such odd things happening for me, especially because of my first introduction to these medicines that, now, that you, I wouldn't have been surprised. Had you, everyone's going to yell at me for fucking cutting you off nonstop and I can't help it. But, and I, but I can't help it because you're, no, keep asking I'm, me these I'm so questions. Sorry. It's um, good because I think, I think ayahuasca, I think ayahuasca could really help you. I'm going to face I'm gonna, a lot I'm of gonna, your fears. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ballpark it. I, I'll probably never do it. I'm just only saying now if I do end up in Peru because of trip flip maybe I can get like a camera guy to go in with me and maybe if I could get I would do it like on a really low grade level like into my coffee a little bit where I just got felt sick and I had gas instead of like throwing up oh it doesn't work that way (laughs) now um okay so uh walk me through the beginning of the trip like you go up to the front you're you're with the doctor Mm -hmm. with the the leader the shaman the shaman and you say you say, by the way, which is such an overused phrase because we all watch the doors and we just think shaman's like some naked Indian that walks through the desert and you follow. But I bet when you meet a real shaman, like what's he dressed like? Is he in like like a like a, a Tupac shirt? Like like I, I imagine like because you know it's like you never get what you need. Is he in a cool robe? Is he like is he just in like a t shirt and jeans? Some dress really traditionally. Uh, one of our shamans would just wear a wife beater and jeans, and he'd have like a huge beer belly sticking out. You really? Kind of yeah. takes, the, <laughs> takes the picture away from it. And, and once again, it depends on where you go. You know, that's why you should research your center. Uh, yeah. It's really important, the shaman that, that you were choose. You, but our, our, our uh, native shamans were great. Were you happy with your center? I, I was happy with the sh- native shamans. Uh, the guy who was running the center, he has since uh, passed away, but oh. uh, he just wasn't um, the most ideal healer. He had some allegations against him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so. I bet. I bet there's. I bet that could. I bet that b- industry could probably lend itself to a lot of creepy dudes too. For sure. Oh, look, I mean, it's 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 ultimately it's it's it is a drug. You look at anyone peddling any type of pharmaceutical from the top to the bottom, and there are good people. There are people trying to heal people, and there are people trying to make money, 
and get what they want out of life. There's definitely a light side and a dark side to this. And, and that's what I've noticed as I've met different healers. You just really have to be careful and do, do your research. A lot of people out there now are working to make sure that it's easier to rate centers and it's easier to get information out if something goes wrong. Uh, but it's everything's new. This is a new industry. You must get hit up nonstop about what center should I go to? Uh, all the time. And it really, I'm almost like, should I open a center? <laughs> you know? Should. Oh because my God. I, for the record, you'd make tons of fucking money. If, if. Oh, it wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for the money. All the oh, money I'd, I'd put back That's into the That's where she's journalism. broken, Garen. You guys could be living in a mansion called the Ayahuasca Palace. I know. It's so bad. I've never, it's weird, but I've just always trusted in the universe. I've never worked for money and everything's just worked out. Yeah. Well, it's, it's working really good for you. Now, you go up to the shaman. He's in a wife beater and jeans. And he's like, got a little bit of beer belly. And you can yeah. see some, some stain from lunch on him. And he's like, how much do you want? And you say. Exactly. I say one full cup, which is the most you could take. And I looked at all the guys, especially Kieran's face, because he had to go next. They're like, damn, because they thought they could get away with just a little sit. But if the girl goes up first and gets a cup, then they got to. One full cup. And cup. I'm going to put my dick in it first. And everyone's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So you take your full cup. Take and, my full cup. And then you go sit back on your mat. Yes. And then you're like, now, are you nervous? Are you, do you regret I it? I'm a nervous wreck. Like, really? I was so terrified the whole time. And I tried to hide it from all the guys, you know, but I was a freaking wreck because I had no idea what was going to happen. I'd never done any psychedelics, nothing. I, I didn't know. And just I just smoked a little bit of pot in college. Just a little bit. And that's it. And so I, I was almost like this dark vortex of anxiety. And, and it just to the point where I just was like, Oh my God, what's, what's going to happen? But I knew I needed this medicine. So I, I just was like, you need this. It's going to help you just lay back and, and let the universe have their way with you. So you're sitting there and you're, uh, and you're on your mat and, mm-hmm. and you go before all the dudes. All the dudes take it. You're sitting next to them and you're looking at them. You yeah. start tripping first. Yeah, and it's like candlelight, and it's raining out, and you're in the, and you you're the wet, noise and you're of the wet. forest. No, because you have a roof over okay, you. Okay, okay, but, um, but you, all of a sudden, the noises of the forest, the crickets, the monkeys, the frogs gets louder and louder and louder. And I remember looking at Kieran and the other faces in the room, and you just see candlelight you know, flickering on their faces, and I just started to get anxiety like you wouldn't believe. Like, I've been there. Oh, like death anxiety. And... And I just grabbed my blanket like a little child and I just laid back onto my mat. And then the forest got louder and louder and louder. And then, bam, I heard, here we go. And then I just flew into the trip and all these numbers, like ones and zeros, which are the language of the universe, um, came across the screen. I started flying through my childhood. Photos of myself would come up at each age until I was born. Um, the ayahuasca right away wrote really Wait, were, they, big. were they photographs that you had seen when you, like that were real photographs of you like no. or just pictures of your childhood yeah it just was like a picture when i was 14 in my cheerleading uniform a picture when i was 9 a picture and these weren't actual pictures of me like it must have been just memories stored in my subconscious that were coming out then it ended on a photo of i bet mother ayahuasca is like i bet mother ayahuasca is like we've never seen one of these before she was a cheerleader <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up what? look at her bangs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i know i'm sure a lot of things surprised mother ayahuasca when because it kind of just gets into your subconscious that, that's her madonna face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell was she wearing at that age you mother, know mother green Iowa- hair mother ayahuasca is like Wait, where did where did she go to the Grateful Dead? How come she hasn't gone to the Grateful Dead yet? Yeah. Oh my god! 
<laughs> She's way too mainstream for my yeah. liking. <laughs> a lot of miniskirts. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's Paula Rain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is it? Can you excuse me, Amber? Can you please show me where it's <laughs> I need to. I need to help out these guys with machine guns. <laughs> yeah. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, one, this is what ayahuasca is known for doing. And this is why a lot of soldiers are going down using it for PTSD is it opens your subconscious and it starts unlocking memories because everything that's ever happened to you in your life is stored in your subconscious. It's, it's there and you need to process it or not. Um, and it will affect you the rest of your life. And you don't even remember you have memories that you remember stuck in there. And so I think what the ayahuasca was doing was just opening that up and grabbing my childhood and kind of figuring me out and figuring out what my life was like and where I needed work. And then bam, right then on this big wall, it just wrote anxiety really big. And, and it diagnosed me right then. Cause I didn't really know what was wrong. I was like, do I have PTSD? Do I have depression? Like, I don't know why I'm, I'm just so out of it. And, and then it's, I felt this like grandmotherly love, like I'm going to be taking care of you, just lay back. And I felt it going through my head, almost like fizzing in my brain. And I could feel it going through uh, each cell, almost like it was just repairing every little cell in my body. And I just knew to lay back and, and, and trust the medicine. Now, how long does the trip last? About eight hours. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Reason number 35, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Eight hours of like, eight hours of intense tripping or eight hours of like ebb and flowing? E- ebb and flowing. It comes on and it comes off. Um, and so I, I'd say the first three hours are the most intense and then it kind of uh, lowers down. And then, But then you still, when you're walking through the forest, you have that magnified vision when you're looking at the plants. Okay, and- so the first three hours are pretty intense. Yeah, very like, intense. Like I heard snakes going into people's mouths and mm-hmm. like that stuff happens. You face your fears. It, that's, I mean, that's the snakes. and Dude, and- how about this? How about I give you my fears and you deal with them because you've already done ayahuasca <laughs> and then break them down a little bit yeah. and send them back to me. Chew them up a little bit like a baby bird and baby bird them to me because my fears, my fears are like I have a huge fear of death. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 uh, if I think about death, I'll get into an anxiety attack. Like, if I think... And why, why is it that you fear death so much? So I don't like... It's the same reason I don't like leaving parties early. Like, I'm afraid that... I, I just... I was... Did you have someone die in your life at no, a young no, age? Never. No, never. No, I think that's part of it. But, yeah. uh, but like, I'll tell you what. Uh, the, the other night, I get home. I fly into LA or Tampa. And I, li- I grew up in Tampa. So my parents were there. And I open up a first grade yearbook. Everyone's like, get back to ayahuasca. And I, I'm flipping through my yearbook. And I find a picture of... One of the stories I wrote in my book, and so I take a picture of it. I get to the very last page of the yearbook, and it says, In Loving Memory of Mark Goldberg. I'm making the name up. I don't know who the kid's yeah. name was. But he was a first grader that was in my year, and he died. And I forgot. And I was like, holy shit, man. He's been dead for this whole time that I've been living a life. Wow. And I was like, oh, how sad. Like, no one even mourns him anymore. Like, they've definitely got past it. Like, it's been f- his parents are dead, I bet. Like, or they're 67. And, like, his brothers and sisters are in their 40s. I was like, I bet. wonder if they think about him still. I haven't thought about him in, in, four, in 20, 30 some odd years. I was like, God, he never got to have kids. He never got to lose his virginity. He didn't get to, like, he didn't get to, like, jump ramps at, a, like, an older age. And I started thinking. I got really depressed. And I thought, and I couldn't stop seeing life as, well, when people die, they didn't get to see all this shit. And, like, that really spirals me like i can get myself i can't even watch movies about death like like the the robin williams movie where he's like with cuba gooding jr and they're going through the forest and i can't even watch that because like i start going 
I don't, I don't know. And then, and then I start thinking like I should be more religious. And then I'm like, Ugh. so I think I, God forbid I do ayahuasca. That is definitely what's going to happen is a fucking mother. Like uh, it's going to be death a type experience. Oh, it's going to well, be a death and experience. And it's going to get you over your fear of death because that was a big fear of mine, which was causing me a lot of anxiety because I'd seen friends killed. I'd seen friends jailed, you know, and, and then I had some near death experiences or, or what I felt at the time were, no, they were near death experiences, Amber. Like you, you've, You've been closer to death than a lot of people. Yeah. I, me too. I've been closer to death. I've, I've felt I've felt the the first step of death a number of times. So and it's so sad because so many of us live our lives. We're not living our lives because of the anxiety of death. So we're losing life for fear of death. It just doesn't make sense. And I had the, one of the most profound ayahuasca trips where it really showed me that we don't really die. And and so I heard profound you talk about I this on Duncan, and it made me feel really good, and it yeah. cheered me up. But you were saying and the, and. Right when I drank the ayahuasca, right away, and Kieran was sitting next to me like, what is going on? Because I was like, I can't breathe. Like, I'm not breathing. Something's wrong. And I was getting up and walking around and, and just thinking, I, I literally felt like I was dying. And I was thinking, I'm going to be one of the first people ever to die of ayahuasca. I can just see the headlines now, like, psychedelic medicine journalist dies from, from using the medicines. And I, I just was terrified. And and then eventually the visions, the sacred geometry, the bright colors and shapes started coming on so strong, I had to go back and sit down. And once I sat down, I just knew I died. And I just was, I felt so guilty that I didn't keep my body. And I looked around the room, I'm like, these people get to live and I have to die. And why, why couldn't I have kept on to my body? And then I, I left my body and then came back in my body and then left my body and came back in. It was almost like the Shut ayahuasca. Up. Hold was, on, keep, keep talking, keep talking. Hold on one second. Hey, how you doing? Hey, it's Reed Tucker from The Post. Hey, give me one second. We're talking about an ayahuasca death journey. Can you give me like two seconds? Of course. Okay. Here, I'll let you listen in. <laughs> you want to have an interesting morning, Reed? Here we yeah. go. So then I went in and out of my body and in and out of my body, my soul. Then all of a sudden, I left. And right then, I just felt this complete peace. And it's like, and it started laughing at me almost, being like, you guys are so silly. You fear death all the time. Death doesn't exist. Your body on Earth is just your organic spacesuit that allows you to survive. What's really you is not amber. It's this soul. And it continues on forever. It never ends. And so while you're here on Earth, you're, you're in this body, this spacesuit, amber. But you're, this is the real you, is this soul. And then I, I continued and I had this such a peace. It was the most peace I've ever felt in my life. And, and I realized that, that death doesn't exist. And it's so profound to this day. I, I can't get scared of death anymore like it's completely Fuck. erased my fear and i flew through the universe and i was given all of this incredible knowledge about mankind and and our creation and purpose on life and you know it just really transformed my life uh for the better by far and i, and I <laughs> right now reed's like yeah. i want to interview this instead <laughs> of this guy all right we're gonna hit pause on this for two seconds i'm gonna talk to reed reed do you have anything you want to pimp for my podcast uh, on your twitter or anything do you have any? Do you have a Twitter you want to pimp? Everyone will follow you. Uh, uh, I don't think they will. I don't have much to say about ayahuasca death journeys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Tell your Twitter anyway. Maybe everyone will follow you. But I can pretend uh, it's it's Reed underscore Tucker. 
Reed underscore Tucker. All right, I'm going to hit pause. I'll be right back, Amber, okay? Feel, feel free to make yourself at home in the man cave. Again. All right, we're back from that interview. Yeah, I'm trying. And yeah, I, I was talking to the New York Post, and he was like, do you mind if I include the story of you shitting on a pizza box? Yeah, and I was I'm like, oh, here. yeah. We're sitting in here in your man cave. Like, what is he talking about? I have a fairly interesting, like, I, I have the exact same adventures you do, except only with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, like. I'm, I'm trying to tell Al Madrigal to give me... Al, you know Al Madrigal? No. He's a great comic. He's coming over. He was like, I'm lost. How do I get to your house? I was like, give me fucking 30 minutes. So I'm texting him. Hold on one second. Hey, Al, give me like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm with Amber Lyon. I'll give you a call. Go get a coffee at Starbucks. I love you. <laughs> okay. So um, so anyway, we're, uh, where do we leave off? We talked about ayahuasca. Death. Talk, death. That's my biggest thing. fear. That's my yeah. biggest fear. And, um, and that's what psychedelics are great for is helping people get over that fear of death. A lot of people have out-of-body experiences where their soul's traveling through the universe and, and they're given that revelation that we don't really die. And the ayahuasca, to me, was laughing at me, saying, you guys are so silly that you believe death exists and that you let that fear of death dominate your entire life and keep you from being the best person you could be. And, and so it was so profound that experience of leaving my body and still existing, but now existing as my soul, this higher being, and knowing that my identity here really isn't the real me, that I don't have a fear of death anymore. Here, let's talk to Ali's calling. Hang on. Hang on one second. God damn it. Al? What the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> this, I'm, by the way, everyone's like, just fucking talk to Amber. I know. I'm trying to make sure that I can talk to Amber longer so that Al doesn't just show up. Um, am I FaceTiming him? Why am I FaceTiming everybody? <laughs> That's what's wrong with my fucking phone. Um, close. He just got my text. Why can't he just get my text? Um, so wait, when now is does anyone do ayahuasca the first night and then go? Oh, I think I got it all figured out. I'm good for the week. Uh, some people do, yeah. Really? And I think it's mostly because of fear. The fear keeps them from going back the second night because there's a dark and light side to ayahuasca, and what it's really good at doing is pulling up your most traumatic memories of your life and helping you reprocess them. And so for some people, after the first night, they're like, <laughs> I can't go back there, and they, they freak out and leave. Some people... Does it help them, or, or are they just like, wow, that was a great time? I think it's really important. A lot of centers recommend you stay down at least 10 days. Or wow! Days Wait, minimum. how many times do you do ayahuasca in that whole trip? I, I did it seven. Some people do it maybe five in ten days. You did it seven times. Seven times. By the last day, I couldn't even put the cup to my mouth. Like even the smell of it, I would just start dry vomiting. Yeah. What's it taste like? Uh, like burnt coffee mixed with cough syrup, like the really nasty children's cough syrup, and and like yeah, coffee and cough syrup. Holy and shit! You, you drink it down; it's like sludge going down your throat. So uh, <laughs> wait, can you chase it with like a soda? Um, hey, hey, um, hey, are you there, Al? Yeah. Hey, uh, are, uh, I'm talking with Amber Lyon. Can you give me like 15 minutes? Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm here. So, uh, do you want me to um, just? Uh, well, you can wait. just come. You actually, you know, just come back and hang out. Why am I fucking? I'll be, I'll be out and grab you in two seconds. Okay. All right. Have you never met Al? No, I haven't. Oh, you're gonna I'm fucking love him. him. Here, Yay. I'm gonna hit pause again, guys. Al Madrigal's coming back. <laughs> Lost. All right. Al's out front. He's cleaning out his car and finishing up a conference call. So, um, so he's like, "You come get me when you're ready." You know, I'm sorry. So, because I, 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 I would hate to bring someone into this conversation now because yeah. I feel like we're at like this really insightful place with where yeah, this trip sure. was. So you're you're seven trips in. Seven trips in. And at the end, do you are you thinking about doing the eighth? Or are you like? I, I was done at, at that point. I felt like I'd had 30 years of therapy 
in seven, crammed in seven, seven days. days. Yeah, and I, I just knew I'd worked through the majority of of issues I'd had and and really processed a lot of memories. So I, I was on a good place. So now here's the real question: Do you get done? You're done your time at the center. Mm-hmm. Kieran probably taps out the same day you do. Yep. Yep, of course. <laughs> and, then we, and then we began to travel the world together for a year. After that day, we went, so, we went together and then started traveling. Well, do you now, like, like I'm going to ask very, like, functional questions that yeah, anyone sure. that, that has heard your story, which, myself, myself, I'm going to uh-huh. ask what I heard and I was like, ooh, I have a question. Do you get done the ayahuasca and then go to, like, a hotel room and, like, and, like, go, hey, let's go by the beach for, like, a week? And chill the fuck out, like yeah. have a cocktail <laughs> for sure. And then I wanted a shower, a nice warm shower, oh, yeah. uh, food because <laughs> we ha- we were on the ayahuasca diet, which is just really so you're skinny as shit. Yeah, I mean, because you've let everything out, so you lost like ten pounds. You're ready to eat good food and ready to just chill out because you've been on the mental journey of a lifetime, you know. Okay, and so then you decide this is it for me. Mm-hmm. I want to discover. I want to discover the therapeutic heal, therapeutic remedies that hallucinogens have to offer. For sure. Because and you fixed you or at least yes. the things that the things that you were like, well, the thing that I was broken about is fixed. Mm-hmm. And, and you- there's no amount of therapy that could have gotten cuz I've been through so much in such a short amount of time that I would have had to sit in a therapist's office for years, waste thousands and thousands of dollars. And instead, I, I had it all just cleaned off my hard drive in 10 days. What does ayahuasca cost? What does the journey cost? Uh, about If you go to uh, a center, it, you shouldn't spend usually more than about $1,000 for 10 days. Uh, yeah, when, you, when they start affordable. charging a lot more, that's, that's when you know, it's either geared toward a, a higher income class or sometimes you have to be a little wary of the shaman. So you go home mm-hmm. and how, at what point are you, do you realize that you're kind of falling in love with Karen? <laughs> well, kind of when we were there, like we both had similar insights with yeah. one another. And then after that, we, we just went and started traveling the world together. Investigating okay, let's medicines. stop there. Let's stop there. Now, so you go back to LA. Uh, no, I went to Columbia after that. Columbia? Yeah. I changed my flight and I said, uh, I, I just want to keep traveling. I'm ready. Like you said, you were saying, do you need a break? I was like, I'm not back to go back to the concrete jungle. I'm not ready to go back to the concrete jungle of LA. I want to stay out. So I, in the middle of the jungle, I'm changing my flight and I followed him back to Columbia. So you go to Columbia and then at what point do you go to, here are the logistics of what I want to know. At what point do you go back to LA and decide this is what I'm going to do for the next year? And also how much money do you have in the bank and how do you financially fund that trip? Uh, book advance. <laughs> yeah. And so from my book last advance. book, okay. I had, I had money. And I'm not a big spender. Like I, I don't wear nice clothes and I, well, I drive wear, a well, shitty you car. You wear clothes nicely. It's oh, like Kieran. <laughs> like I'm looking at him. He's just wearing a black shirt and jeans, but it looks like he's ready to go to a club because he's skinny. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I just went, so we went and we went to Colombia and Cuba. Then, then I had to come back to the U.S. I was dreading coming back to L.A. I put all my stuff in storage and then I knew I just wanted to travel. I knew I needed to try mushrooms. Colombia and, Colombia and Cuba were your two trips, that, two uh, trip sounds weird now, your two adventures where you said, this is what I want to do. I am yeah. a photojournalist. I'm a good mm-hmm. one at that. 
and I and I have these questions about the universe and about myself and about people that may be able to help. And you've what you've been doing is documenting people who've oddly enough serendipitously documenting people who have gone through a lot of the exact same trauma you've gone through. Yeah, for sure. And and in a weird way, you're like, I want to be the spearhead of all these these young children sex workers who I can't imagine the trauma they've been through. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will help them. Maybe. Oh, for sure. Everyone's had trauma. Even some therapists say you actually have trauma upon birth because you're going down this dark canal and all of a sudden coming out into this bright world you know nothing about. So everyone has trauma. And so many of us are carrying around that childhood trauma for the rest of our lives. And unless you get in and process it, it's going to cause you anxiety, cancer, depression, bodily pain. Um, you know, my, my father had spinal meningitis at age five, and he never processed that trauma from being in that hospital room surrounded by these crazy doctors coming in in spacesuits. And now he's had this phantom back pain that's kept him in bed for two years because he never processed that trauma. It caused him anxiety his whole life. And so I think that that is the root of almost all evil on earth. And the medicines have shown me that. Now, how, that how's, so your relationship, how's your relationship with your parents? Really good. Now, yeah. <laughs> now? First, well, at first they're like, "What are you doing?" Like she's traveling the world, trying all these drugs. And now uh, that my mother, I've sent her the research, and she's been able to check out all the scientific studies about it increasing serotonin levels, and just seeing my transformation. They're like, "When do we get down to the jungle?" Would you, you, know? would you take your parents down for an hour? Oh, for trip? sure. Really? There's, I can think of almost everyone in my family that needs it. They yeah. need to purge that that trauma. Yeah. And 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 so it manifests itself in different ways whether it be addictions eating disorders anxiety depression and so i even in my own sphere of friends i'm i'm just literally like okay almost every single person could benefit from this really now now what's can you can you come up with a low grade trip that maybe is not a whole trip down to peru sitting in the jungle drinking smoking uh tobacco like what's something like this you go you know what people should do that's really accessible is like i know joe talks about deprivation tanks but like Mm -hmm. what's something that is like that's like low grade so i haven't tried it yet but peyote is legal in six states across the u.s so a lot of people who would be seeking ayahuasca or something else maybe can't fly down there uh peyote has a similar effect all psychedelics are cathartic they help you purge trauma no matter what substance you take all you need to do is get to the point of ego death where you? <laughs> Wait, I said the word death. I mean ego. Um, Wait, both of those are buzzwords with me. Ego transcendence. Both of those are buzzwords with me. <laughs> After this book, ego death is what I need. And it doesn't matter what what medicine you take, as long as you get to that point. So peyote is legal in six states across the U.S. You can go and access it at different centers. Also, there's an underground ayahuasca network going on right. In your backyard here, Bert. Really? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, all over Malibu Canyon, Topanga Canyon, uh, Brooklyn, out in the Hamptons. I've heard about I've thing. heard about a lot of dudes, uh, like cameramen who know cameramen who do it, and their wife allows them like that weekend to like go to therapy, get your shit together, for sure, come back. And I'm just afraid I'll break it. Here's why I can't do hallucinogens because the only I can't even really talk about it like too deep, but this those children depend on this brain to make money. For them, and as broken as it is, it's working to make money. It is making money, so I I just go well. Don't fuck with that little paradigm shift. That what if it's like? What if I really fix it? And I go, you know what? I want to explore the fucking healing powers of hallucinogen. So I'm like, all right, guys, everyone, pack up. We're getting in the camper. Daddy's got a mission. <laughs> And I think more important, the most important thing for children is to be there for them emotionally. 
as as we've all seen with our own childhood yeah. traumas. And so if if doing them is going to make you there for more for them emotionally, then that's far more important than being that there for your children financially. And most people that are are kind of messed up later in life or need healing, it's because during that first those vital first 12 years, uh, you know, somehow they they had childhood trauma, oftentimes caused by parents. Not to say that you're doing no, that. No, 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 no. But, but I'm Who saying it's a mine? valid concern. But but definitely being there more for them emotionally, uh, I I think would be more beneficial for them. Now, what is? Uh, do you think you'll have children? Yeah, I want to. Now, do you think? Um, what's where's where's your next where's your next step? What do you want to do? I, I want to head back down to Peru and do a little more research on ayahuasca. I, I see ayahuasca as being something, because it's not classified yet as being illegal in the U.S. A lot of people don't know that. Ayahuasca has no classification. The DMT is illegal. and Is DMT and ayahuasca basically the same thing? Technically or, like, not technically because one comes from fucking the earth and the other one's made, but... Well, DMT is in the earth. The funny thing about DMT is it's actually made in your brain. It's found profusely in nature, and it's illegal. It's like, your brain's illegal, Bert. My and, brain is uh, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been reading? <laughs> and so ayahuasca is a mix of the ayahuasca vine and then chacruna leaves, which have DMT, and both combined together allow your body to digest the DMT. Some people smoke the DMT. They order it on the internet. You don't really know what you're getting when you do that. But that leads to a 10-minute, really, really intense trip that just ends. It's not as insightful Here we go. That's as ayahuasca. Me. Yeah. <laughs> but the ayahuasca, you know, lasts six to eight hours. And, um, but it does have DMT in it. And the DMT is classified Schedule 1, which means it's highly addictive, which it isn't. That it uh, can't even be used safely by a doctor, which Rick Strassman proved it could. So uh, the classification isn't based on science. It's just ridiculous. Now, here's the, here's the question that all my execs are asking. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, would you would could, would you water down what your life's path is right now and do a TV show? If it involved raising awareness about these medicines, yes I would. Okay. What if they were like <laughs> what if they were like uh, <laughs> what if they were like how about hosting a game show? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what does the game show involve? <laughs> no, but like I, 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 I want you on Travel Channel. I oh, really do, and, I, and I've told I've told all my execs, and I tell them. And here's the thing: is that quite honestly, like I, every single one of them that I talk to you about, and and it's like you become like a thirty minute conversation that we get into about yeah. life because everyone's got questions about life, and 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 you are someone that has actually kind of putting the boots on and got and put the 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 straps that hold the boots up to your hips you put the hip waders on and you went into the universe and you were like i'm gonna find out what the fuck's going on the question is are advertisers ready for that probably not what i what would be the watered down version like obviously i don't think substance-based techniques too there's a ton of of uh psychedelic-esque experiences without actually ingesting a medicine that you can get through sensory deprivation, through really? um, uh, dark meditation retreats. You're like shoved in a box for really? nine days. And <laughs> I think you should be the spiritual leader of Travel Channel. I would love to be. I, I am so freaking passionate about promoting spirituality now and having people purge trauma and oneness and love. That sounds so psychedelic, but it's so true. I've, I've been shown 
so many times that that that's really what will change the whole world. It's just on the individual level, Look, purge that trauma. Fucking ten percent happier as a seller. Amber Lyon, it will be the ten percent <laughs> spokesman of Travel Channel. Who you just? I I I don't know what the show is really, but I know it's going to happen. And I'm and I've got I've got everyone's in your corner. I've I've talked to everyone about you, and everyone is You're dying amazing. to meet you. you. And 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 you are one of the most fascinating people I've talked to. And and in a weird way, it's like. I wish I had your balls. And I'm sure Kieran said the same thing when he watched you take ayahuasca for the first time. He's like, <laughs> fuck, I wish I had those balls. Son of a bitch, I'm Irish. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we got the same balls. They're like real tight like Tourette gunners. Yours hang down into your fucking high heels. So, um, so I, I, would love to, I would love to have you back on the podcast. I'd love to keep talking to you. Yeah, I'd love sure. to I, – I need to get your email. I need to get you set up with Dale and Anna and get you into mm-hmm. travel and get them to meet you and at least start a dialogue. Because a lot of times with networks, what they want to do is just get to know you and then let like, – like ayahuasca let you, or like the, like the frog venom, let you just go through their system for a little bit until yeah. they go, oh, you know what would be great? And yeah, then they come sure. up with their idea for you, or you come up with your idea for you. But you know, listen, it's like everyone could afford to be happier, and you you seem like you seem like a genuine. You have a really great energy, and it and you seem like you really are genuinely out there to try to make people happier. And you're the Thank one you. taking the taking the risk. You know, you're the one you're the one out taking the bullet for me. I'm listening to you going. I don't know, maybe like maybe a low grade mushroom trip wouldn't be bad for the soul. You know, <laughs> maybe I'll find some peyote next time I do the laughs unlimited or whatever. <laughs> do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, yes, I'm starting a news website on all these medicines and alternative therapies and just really empowering people to take their health into their own hands. And it's called reset.me. And it's all about hitting that reset button in life, going back to when you were happy, to your childhood. Fuck yeah, when you can trauma. ride a bike all day long and you burn 10,000 calories and be like, this is fucking great. I'm going to bed. I'm not going to sit up and drink a bottle of wine and smoke a cigar so I can get to bed. Exactly. <laughs> Someone know where half my Xanaxes are? Yeah, I know. You know, how many of us can think, gosh, the last time I was truly innocent and happy and enjoyed life was when I was a kid. Yeah. And so once you can purge that trauma off your hard drive, you're going to go back to being happy again. And so whether it's medicines or sensory deprivation or whatever method you use there's a ton of methods out there that are natural that can help you get there reset.me yeah her name is amber Lyons. she has books that are out yeah i have a book a peace love and pepper spray which is all about uh protests and people standing up for the rights in the u.s you can find out more about that at peace love and pepper spray.com and i implore you go back and listen to her on jre i think 120 i forget what it was it's just type in amber lion she was you were ama- you're amazing on every podcast i've ever listened to you oh thank you uh, on and and you are one of the uh true cool chicks that i want at my funeral just to sit next to my daughters and go don't worry he, he just <laughs> left his spacesuit. he's floating around yeah for sure plant, i'm there go 100%. plant a tree and da- your that's your dad yeah. get a go get a dog go watch a puppy be born and like I'm being dead serious about that. I want you at my funeral and just talk For and sure. go, guys. He's still here. He's in this room and he's giggling. So, um, thank. Do you see how emotional I almost just got talking about my own funeral? Yes, did you I did. catch that? I yes. literally got welled up. That's how fucking bad I am. I'm gonna get you. Um, somehow, you you need to have an experience. You need to get over this fear of death. It's keeping you from living. You know, <laughs> I'm living a pretty good life. Yeah. Well, you're li- <laughs> I mean, like as I say that, I'm looking around. You've got like. David Letterman, everything else. <laughs> like what? What the hell am I saying? 
But I mean, you're one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Oh, you know? but I, well, I, I just think I want you to be able to purge that any anxiety you have. About Maybe it'll it, be too know? much for people to handle. Yeah. No, because giggle doesn't fucking stop. Yeah. Or just giggle and fucking shit and throw up. Um, Amber, thank you. Kieran, thank you so much. It is an absolute pleasure. This is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Aw, thanks for having me on. It's such a pleasure. I love you guys. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.